Fetterman takes ill, Barnett takes charge, and can Republicans take Madison Cawthorn much longer? We'll find out on The Political Junkie. You like Ike, I like Ike, everybody likes Ike for president. Add Ike to you, add Ike to me, I don't care how you quote it. Come on and vote for Kennedy, vote for Kennedy, and we'll come out on top. Vote for Richard Nixon and Henry Cabot Lodge, cause they're the ones to lead the USA. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to episode 388 of The Political Junkie. I'm Ken Rudin. Today is as close as we've come to a Super Tuesday this year. Sure, there was excitement in Ohio two weeks ago, with Donald Trump's choice of J.D. Vance winning the Senate primary. And there was great anticipation last week, with Trump's choice for governor of Nebraska going down, but his pick in a West Virginia House primary winning big. This week, however, is really big. Pennsylvania, the first toss-up state to vote this year, has exciting primaries in both parties for the Senate. North Carolina also has a key Senate primary, but most eyes will be on the 11th District contest featuring Madison Cawthorn. There are five states in all holding primaries today, and of course, Trump plays a major role in most of them, endorsing candidates who for the most part have bought into his false claims that the 2020 election was stolen. Here's a preview. The big race in Pennsylvania is for the Senate seat Republican Pat Toomey is giving up after two terms. Trump is backing Dr. Mehmet Oz, the celebrity surgeon and former daytime television host, who is making his first run for public office. And why did Trump endorse him? Great guy, a good man, he's a good man, Harvard educated, tremendous, tremendous career, and they liked him for a long time. That's like a poll. You know, when you're in television for 18 years, that's like a poll. That means people like you, but he's a, he's a great guy. For Oz, it made sense. President Trump endorsed me because he said I was smart, tough, and I will never let you down. Yeah, I'm smart, but am I tough? That's the question. He knew it because he checked it out. He did his homework. He wrote that announcement himself, because I am smart, because I'm tough as nails, and I will never let you down. God bless you, Pennsylvania. Unlike his other endorsements, Trump's fondness for Oz is a bit baffling. Yes, he's a celebrity, and we know how much Trump loves celebrities. Right, J.D. Vance? But Oz has a history of taking, shall we say, less than conservative positions on issues such as transgender rights, Obamacare, and guns. His opinions on bogus weight loss products are embarrassing enough. And how can we forget that he's mostly lived in New Jersey? A deadly sin if I ever heard one. Of the many Pennsylvania Republicans I've spoken to in the past two weeks, not one had something nice to say about Oz, most of them calling him a fraud and a phony conservative. That's similar to what one of the other Republicans in the race, the former hedge fund executive David McCormick, had to say in a debate last month. The reason Mehmet keeps talking about President Trump's endorsement is because he can't run on his own positions and his own records. And the problem, doctor, is there's no miracle cure for flip-flopping, and, and Pennsylvanians are seeing right through your phoniness, and that's what you're dealing with, and that's why you're not taking off in the polls. It once seemed that McCormick would have been the logical choice for Trump. He has stronger Republican bona fides and has on his team several people from the MAGA universe, including Stephen Miller, Kellyanne Conway, and Hope Hicks. But he's not a celebrity, so end of discussion. 
What seems most disconcerting about Oz is that apparently anyone who has known him over the years say they wouldn't recognize him from his commercials. My father taught me how to handle my first gun. I taught my son Oliver how to do the same. I've been shooting and hunting my whole life. So when people say I won't support guns, they're dead wrong. Boom! Other conservatives know that I'm strong on the Second Amendment. Ted Nugent, Rick Perry, President Trump. But our Second Amendment is not just about hunting. It's about our constitutional right to protect ourselves from intruders or an overly intrusive government. So as your next U.S. Senator, I will fight for our constitutional rights. But while the political world was wrestling with Oz versus McCormick, another GOP candidate running, Kathy Barnett, has apparently come out of nowhere to be in contention for the seat. As a right-wing commentator, she has long been espousing conservative positions on guns and abortion. What may be helping Barnett rise in the polls is her personal story. This ad was produced by Club for Growth. I grew up on a pig farm in southern Alabama. No insulation, no running water. This country allowed a little black girl to claw her way from underneath a rock. But that America, with all those opportunities, is fast coming to a close. Democrats are serious when they say fundamentally change this country. And by fundamentally change, they mean screw it up real good. This is about the survival of our nation, and we need people who understand that. But she also has a history of making truly inflammatory tweets about Muslims and gays. She's so MAGA-ish that the former president himself has expressed his concern. In a statement, he said, Kathy Barnett will never be able to win the general election against the radical left Democrats, adding, Dr. Oz is the only one who will be able to easily defeat the crazed lunatic Democrat in Pennsylvania. A vote for anyone else in the primary is a vote against victory in the fall. Fox News' Sean Hannity took Trump's objections even further last week with a nine-minute rant about how Barnett is unqualified for the Senate. What Hannity and Trump are most worried about is that her momentum could propel her into the seat. Pennsylvania may be the Democrats' best shot of a Senate pickup, and some in the GOP fear that a Barnett win in the primary would guarantee it. Here's a good chunk of Hannity's objections. She's a very impressive person, an incredible life story. But because she was polling so low, so low uh, just until the last week or so, uh, unfortunately, Kathy Barnett has not gone any kind of vigorous, rigorous vetting. That is now proving to be a massive problem in this race. And now we are uncovering many troubling comments and tweets that would very likely cause her to lose badly in a general election. This is a very important state. There are so many questions she has never answered and many tweets that uh, likely render her unelectable in Pennsylvania. Now, this is a must-hold Senate seat if Republicans have any chance of taking over the U.S. Senate in the midterms. This is a tipping point inflection moment for this country. Every one of these races matter. Let me put it very simply here. I don't see any scenario where Kathy Barnett can win a general election in Pennsylvania. Let me get specific why. First, in recent years, she engaged repeatedly in some pretty disturbing, very controversial rhetoric surrounding gays and lesbians and Muslims 
and she makes no distinction, for example, between Islam and radical Islam, on to actually cancel a whole religion. On Twitter, she asked her followers to pray for her because, quote, she was about to board the plane to California and, quote, there was a homosexual female on the flight. In 2015, she tweeted, quote, Obama did what he does best, shoving his homosexual agenda down everyone's throats. She also heavily insinuated Obama was a horrible gay Muslim. Obama is horrible on all measures. He loves all things that are homosexual and supports all things that are Muslim. You can see why so many Republicans are nervous. While recent polls clearly show major movement by Barnett, most seem to indicate Oz with the lead, which began with the Trump endorsement. Also running are Jeff Bartos, the 2018 GOP lieutenant governor nominee, and businesswoman Carla Sands. For their part, Democrats have their own primary to focus on. Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, a hulking six-foot-nine, tattooed, shaved-head, goatee-wearing, Bernie-supporting, MSNBC-appearing liberal who campaigns in shorts and a hoodie and who has been leading in the polls forever, suffered a stroke on Friday. The 52-year-old Fetterman says he's feeling fine and his doctors have assured him he will recover with no trouble. He has been taking positions that in the past might not go over well in a state as culturally conservative as Pennsylvania, but he has won over a good part of the party, similar to how Jesse Ventura did in Minnesota back in 1998. He speaks with a common man's touch. There's a lot of great towns in Pennsylvania that feel like their community's best days were a generation ago. No one deserves to be abandoned. All these communities deserve to be helped. John Fetterman grew up in York, moved to Braddock to start a GED program, a forgotten steel town. When two of his students were gunned down, John ran for mayor to stop the violence. John brought out the best in people. He gave people hope. Five years without a murder, the town of Braddock is celebrating a milestone. Today, people are really starting to have hope. He runs for lieutenant governor, reformed the office, got rid of the LG's mansion, saved taxpayers' dollars. He's a different kind of character, I'll tell you. A Democrat with backbone does the right thing no matter what, never taking a single person for granted, never taking a single place for granted. I'm John Fetterman, and I approve this message. His main opponent in the primary is Congressman Connor Lamb. Lamb won national attention when he unexpectedly won a previously solidly Republican House seat in a 2018 special election. His moderate views on so many issues suggest to some Democrats that's the right way to win elections. Certainly, Pennsylvania is not known for rallying behind left-wing candidates. But in 2022, many voters, in this case Democrats, have lost their patience with centrist candidates. In four short years, Lamb, a Marine veteran, has gone from fresh face and rising star to establishment Democrat, who has won endorsements from other establishment Democrats. He's also been backed by the Philadelphia Inquirer. These voters are less interested in compromise and more interested in fighting, especially against Republicans who are committed to cutting back voting rights and ending abortion. One thing that could hurt Fetterman is that back in 2013, while mayor of the town of Braddock, he confronted an unarmed black jogger with a shotgun, claiming he had just heard gunfire. But aside from a brief mention of that in the debate, Lamb has refused to go negative against Fetterman. 
He is, by all accounts, and as his name suggests, a nice guy. Voters may not be looking for nice guys. Anger these days are what wins primaries. The question is, will it prevail in November? Also running a state representative, Malcolm Kenyatta, the only openly gay African-American member in the history of the state legislature. In the race for governor, State Attorney General Josh Shapiro is the likely Democratic nominee. He hopes to succeed his fellow Democrat, term-limited Governor Tom Wolf. The two leading Republican candidates are State Senator Doug Mastriano, who has been endorsed by Trump, and former Congressman Lou Barletta, who gave up his House seat in 2018 to challenge Senator Bob Casey. Some Republicans insist that Mastriano, a vocal proponent of the stolen election theory and who participated in the January 6th demonstrations, as did Kathy Barnett, is too far to the right to win in November and have rallied behind Barletta. For his part, Barletta has the backing of former Senator Rick Santorum, but Mastriano is thought to have a clear lead. Like Pennsylvania, North Carolina also has a Republican senator not seeking re-election. Richard Burr's decision not to run for a third term has turned the GOP primary into a, guess what, contest to test Trump's influence. Hardly anyone pictured Congressman Ted Budd as the frontrunner for the seat until Trump unexpectedly endorsed him last June at the state convention. It was around the time Trump's daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, was considering running. But the former president made his wishes clear in what felt like an episode of The Apprentice. Because, again, I don't want a lot of people running and then they're going to be disappointed. And in many cases, they're friends of mine. You know, they're great people. They're thinking about running. They want to run. and They wanted to wait, frankly, till Laura made her decision because she would have been tough. She would have been tough. And she's uh, very outstanding. But uh, I think she did the right thing for her and for her family. But this gentleman is going to be your next senator. He's going to be somebody that you're going to be so proud of. He will fight like hell. Would you agree with that, Mark? Well, he will fight like nobody fights. And a lot of you don't know him that well, but you're going to know him probably within about two minutes. Ted Budd, please come up. Please come up. Please come up, Ted. The endorsement was pretty much a shocker. But then Trump made it clear that his decision had a lot to do with stopping the erstwhile GOP frontrunner, former Governor Pat McCrory. You can't pick people that have already lost two races and that do not stand for our values. McCrory lost his first bid for governor in 2008, won in 2012, and was defeated for re-election in 2016. He criticized Trump's efforts for trying to overturn the election, accusing the former president of destroying democracy. That's not something Trump was about to forget. Left out in the cold in all of this is Mark Walker, who was forced out of his congressional seat due to redistricting in 2020. There were whispers back then that Trump was prepared to endorse him for the 2022 Senate race. That never happened, and Walker stayed in the contest despite fears from conservatives that he could split the vote with Bud and let McCrory win. But Bud seems to be the clear favorite. Open borders, crime, drugs, the worst president ever. That's why we need fighters like Ted Budd in the Senate. Ted Budd is endorsed by Trump and backed by Border Patrol to put America first. Protecting North Carolina jobs and families starts right here. And when I'm in the Senate, I'll vote to stop Joe Biden's reckless open border policies. And yeah, finish this wall. 
I'm Ted Budd, and I approve this message. The Democratic nominee is almost certain to be Sherry Beasley, the first black woman to be chief justice of the state Supreme Court. But she won't be the first African-American from North Carolina to run for the Senate. That was Harvey Gantt, the Democratic nominee against Jesse Helms back in 1990. As important as the Senate race is, most attention has gone to the Republican primary in the 11th District. That's where freshman Congressman Madison Cawthorn's maddening tendency to make headlines wherever he goes has angered many in the party. Two years ago, when he first ran, he was seen as a rising star in the GOP. I'm Madison Cawthorn, and I believe America is worth fighting for. Our faith, our freedoms, and our American values are under assault from leftists like Nancy Pelosi and AOC. I'm pro-Trump, pro-life, and pro-Second Amendment. I'm a fighter. Like so many of you, I've known great adversity, and I'll be a strong voice for faith, family, and freedom. But other than Trump, who has endorsed him, GOP leaders are deserting him in droves, led by Senator Tom Tillis and the top Republicans in the state legislature. They're angry when he talked about cocaine and orgies, impugning Republicans in the process. They're tired hearing about his lies of a stolen election. They're furious that he left some in the party out to dry when he announced he would run for another congressional seat in the state, a seat where some candidates had already said they wanted, only to return to the 11th when the courts threw out the proposed new district lines. He's been stopped several times for speeding without carrying a valid license, Twice he was stopped at airports for trying to board a flight with a loaded gun. Recent photos of him that were apparently taken before his election show one of him wearing a lacy woman's nightgown, and another is a bizarre video of him seeming to have sex with another man. When he first ran two years ago, more than 100 women came forward to accuse him of sexual misconduct when they were in college together. And his story about the car accident that put him in a wheelchair has been riddled with false anecdotes. How's that for a resume? Not surprisingly, a series of ads attacking Cawthon have been produced by a group called Results for NC. A reckless embarrassment. Cawthorn's proposed cutting veterans' benefits by $80 billion. A reckless plan from a playboy politician that slashes Social Security and Medicare by hundreds of billions. A dishonest disaster. Madison Cawthorn betrayed us. The group sponsoring these ads is said to have links to Senator Tillis, who, along with the leaders of the legislature, have disowned Cawthorn and have lined up behind State Senator Chuck Edwards. Rolling Stone is reporting that Trump has been weirded out by the allegations against Cawthorn, specifically the sex videos. There are seven challenges running against Cawthorn in the primary, which could help him squeak by. Unless a candidate gets 30% of the vote in the primary, the top two finishers advance to a runoff. Cawthorn's best chance of winning the nomination rests in his getting 30% and avoiding a runoff. That's the number everyone will be watching on Tuesday. In Idaho, Republican Senator Mike Crapo has no serious opposition for a fifth term. The race for governor is far more interesting. The Republican incumbent, Brad Little, is a strong conservative who has signed one of the most restrictive anti-abortion laws in the country. He also pushed through a major tax cut. That apparently is not enough for his lieutenant governor, Janice McGeehan, a far-right candidate backed by Trump. The John Birch Society 
a group that has all but disappeared from political conversation in the 1960s, is alive and well in parts of Idaho, as are white supremacist groups voters McGeehan is trying to reach. Two more states are holding primaries. In Kentucky, Senator Rand Paul is virtually assured of renomination in his bid for a third term. His likely Democratic opponent is former state rep Charles Booker, who ran for the Senate in 2020 and narrowly lost the primary. And in Oregon, Senator Ron Wyden faces two unknowns in the Democratic primary, while seven Republicans are also competing. Wyden is heavily favored to retain the seat he's held since 1996. In the race for governor, where Democratic incumbent Kate Brown is term-limited, the big story for most of the year was the candidacy of former New York Times columnist Nick Kristoff, until he was ruled off the ballot by the Secretary of State for not meeting the residency requirement of three years. Among the candidates who made the ballot include Democrats Tobias Reed, the state treasurer, and former House Speaker Tina Kotek, the first openly lesbian speaker of any state house in the country. The top two Republican candidates are said to be Christine Drazen, a strong anti-abortion advocate endorsed by Oregon Right to Life, and attorney Barb Tiernan. Bud Pierce, the party's nominee in 2016, is also running. I hope you get a chance to join Kerry Miller and me live this evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern when we open up the Button podcast for conversations and questions about today's primaries and beyond. For more information, check out my posts on Facebook and Twitter. That's it for this week's show. Don't forget, you can always find my political blogs, trivia questions, and the Political Junkie store, all at krpoliticaljunkie.com. If any of you have some campaign buttons from this year's primaries available, please drop me a line. I want them. As always, if you've got comments, questions, or complaints, send an email to ken at krpoliticaljunkie.com. You can also tweet me at Ken Rudin or shoot me a message on the show's Facebook page. And you can follow my button of the day on Instagram at The Political Junkie. Political Junkie is made possible thanks to the support of our listeners and donors. Your generous contributions are most appreciated. Keep them coming at krpoliticaljunkie.com slash donate. I'm Ken Rudin. Thanks for listening. Make sure to vote and please stay safe. I'll see you soon.